Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. I've got something a little bit different on today's show. It's a chat that I've repurposed from a couple of weeks ago that I had with Zach Newman, a good friend of mine on his podcast, the Better With Running podcast. Zach is a coach or head coach at Run2PB, which is a coaching platform uh, for distance runners, and I really trust all the coaches we've run to PB. They're all high-level distance runners that are very experienced and certainly trust their their judgment when it comes to making running plans. Anyway, I had a good chat with Zaka and we talked about a number of things. He asked me a lot of physio-related questions and and I think we got, yeah, a lot of good stuff that came out of it. And one of the reasons why I thought I wanted to repurpose it and put it on my podcast was I talked about the runner's ecosystem, which I've been meaning to talk about for the last couple of weeks. And all it really means is that we've got to value the stuff that we're doing outside of our running and around our running and look holistically at running to get better outcomes. Um, I also talk about some of the learnings that I've had from of my trips as physio at uh, the recent World Athletics Race Walking Championships. And, uh, yeah, I talk about how life has changed uh, recently with the arrival of uh, my baby girl, Riley, uh, and how I've factored that into my running and um, having a balanced, uh, holistic life as well. So I think it's a good chat, and I hope uh, you all find it useful and can draw some inspiration or learnings from it. And yeah, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another chat. All right, enjoy. See you guys. Today on Better With Running Podcast, I'm joined by a good friend of the show, Dave Verway. Dane has been a great mate of mine over the, the running journey and uh, he's been a marathon travel buddy of mine and um, look, he wears multiple hats. I know well, I mentioned he's a friend of the show. He's been on a few times. Um, where do we start with Dane? But I guess the newest hat you're wearing, mate, is a new dad. So uh, congratulations on that. Uh, don't, um, yeah, you definitely were a dad last time you were on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And uh, you're still physio. You've been a physio for, oh, you can tell me, is it 15 plus years? That's Not right. quite. Um, yeah, thanks, Zach. I l- love having a chat. Um, and yeah, wrapped to be back on the podcast. Um, yeah, I don't, oh, how long? Um, 
I think 13 years, 13 okay. years now. But yeah, um, life certainly changed the last uh, 16 weeks. Definitely way less sleep. And yeah, newfound appreciation of, it's like a sleep experiment. Like, experiment. like you realise <laughs> like how much you rely on sleep to actually feel good throughout the day and, and to feel motivated to do the training. And um, yeah, I've definitely had to back off the running miles. One, to be a good dad and, and a good, good partner with Jess that raised Riley. But uh, yeah, two, because I just felt like I've had to um, from an energy point of view. Um, yeah. yeah. I was going to continue just that intro and just mention you are a 222. We'll talk more about dad life in a sec. Uh, 222 marathoner. Uh, run therapy, so your physio practice run therapy, your run culture head coach, and you've got a, a, a number of junior guns going around and some, uh, some other senior runners in the mix. Uh, you've been a physio at the World Cross. How many times have you been physio at the World Cross? Oh, three times, so three 2015, times. 17, and 19, and then oh, I hope, hopefully I can do Bathurst next year. Yeah, not far to go for, for the next one. And yeah. um, you came back from Tokyo and you were a part of the Paralympic team there as a physio and also just come back from world championship walking. Oh yeah. World championship. Yeah. Yeah. In Oman, the middle East, uh, that was the first time I've worked with the walkers. So that was a really good experience because they get a whole host of different injuries um, than runners. A mm. uh, lot of um, uh, hamstring and, and glute sort of discomfort and, a lot of anterior, like front of the shin pain, because um, they have to hit the ground with a straight knee. Um, so they don't get much Achilles or calf stuff uh, like us runners, because they're not really bounding along using their tendons like that. Um, and it's, yeah, just really interesting. Like I was talking to a few of the older walkers on the team, like Jared Talent, mm. um, and all the knee injuries they get like at later in their career, because they're, they're hitting the ground with a straight knee. So they yeah, okay. don't really use their quads as much to absorb the shock as they walk. So it's a good experience, like just learning about walking and all the tactics involved. And yeah, it was fun going to the Middle East. Training wise, do they, what, like, is it a, I'm, look, I'll be honest, I'm not really across the training load of a walker. Is it similar to a, say, a marathon or a half marathon? Yeah, they're all doing like 100, 150 Ks, the senior guys and girls. And the juniors are doing about, uh, uh, anywhere from 40 to 90 kilometers. Uh, so they do quite a lot of mileage. They do a bit of running actually because yeah, it's going to say there's a bit yeah. of a mix because reading uh, reading Cowley or Crowley, yeah. is it? Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a sub. I want to say he's broken 30 minutes for 10k. He's pretty bloody close to it. He's run uh, he's run at Zadapek before in the in the in the 10k. So yeah, they do combine a bit of running with their walking. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I think it um, mixes up the the stress on their body, so um, takes the pressure off their their hips a little bit and their shins, and um, when they run it, they feel it a bit more on their calves. So they they incorporate a bit of running, uh, but yeah, the training, um, to be honest, from the outside looking in, looked pretty similar to to running training really, mm-hmm. um, and they go like fifteen k's an hour walking. So yeah, yeah, imagine that like on the treadmill, like fifteen k's an hour, and they they're legitimately walking so it was yeah definitely like became a bit more of a fan of the sport for sure mm. yeah maybe a chance to um to get into it yourself <laughs> <laughs> um 
Dano. So yeah, the new arrival, Riley, into the yeah. world. Um, that so you you had been in Tokyo and then came back, and then, I guess um yeah, just you did you do much running off the back of that, or I guess with the new arrival, did you back start to back everything off? Yeah, I've, I've just really. It's probably a good time in Zaka. Like I, I reckon I'm pretty toast from a few marathons I did um, last year. I remember being on the um, show with you guys, you and Matt, uh, before Penrith Marathon, and yeah. and then I remember being on after that, and I sort of talked about how I went tried to train for Gold Coast like eight weeks later, and I just cooked myself, and I didn't know it at the time, and then when I was sort of over around Tokyo, I was I was running um, here and there in the morning. I just felt so flat. And so I, I kind of needed to have an easy month or so anyway to just, I don't know what it was, but regain my energy and vitality and um, yeah, just uh, yeah, just so I wasn't so tired all the time. And mm. so I took an easy patch and it sort of coincided with Riley coming along. So it was kind of, kind of good because um, yeah, if I was trying to marathon train now, I'd be an absolute useless dad. Um, yeah. like, I'd just be grumpy and tired all the time around home and it, just not to mention how much time it takes. So like just training for 5k K, um, events at the moment for, with the kids I coach um, and doing park runs and doing about uh, anywhere from 60 to 90 kilometers a week at the moment. And it seems like enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, you know, it's exciting time in your life that you only get, you know, you know, potentially yeah. one one time or maybe more, but um, yeah, where, yeah, you, I guess, and and being a support for Jess, um, you know, when you've in this time, yeah, important definitely. Um, and that that shift in training, so as you said, you sort of just it, it sounds like you're being a bit more fluid about it, like yeah. coming off a pretty strict marathon training program in the past. How have you found that? Because I'm guessing you are previously you've been quite rigid about missing yeah. runs or you know yeah definitely. that is such a good question Zaka, because that's probably the hardest thing that i've like internally dealt with like there's a lot of days where um like for, uh, last night for example like riley's actually been a little bit sick the last uh week or so mm-hmm. uh, and she was just crying non-stop and i hadn't gone for a run all day and i was sort of planning to just fit it in after work and then i was just no chance because um yeah, it was all hands on deck, really, like trying to, um, yeah. uh, it was like Riley, Riley was a relay button and we're just swapping <laughs> um, turns. And yeah, there's a lot of moments like that where you kind of like underlyingly feel guilty. You feel like you're doing yourself a disservice, but because uh, you're not running, um, but it just shows how deeply entrenched like a behavior can become and mm. it can become like, yeah, just such a habit that you feel like it's because like consistency gets you so far, and you do it and you, you see that it helps and it see that you make progress and you see that you get so fit when you when you are consistent over a long time like you get so bought into that kind of habit and culture like in your life that like you feel bad and guilty if you don't go for a run um mm. even if it's just one run or yeah. two runs or it's a bad week um and then yeah really after i've found i've had to go geez come on like like if this was someone else i'd just go oh it's one run come on like um, but because it's yourself, um, it, it, you're definitely more emotionally invested in the whole whole thing. So it's been it's been good for me because, like, I think it makes you a more more balanced and flexible person. And and I think long in the long long term, um, there are dangers with being um, 
a bit too tired and, and rigid to your running as well. So um, you're just trying to strike that balance. It's a, it's a fine art. Um, Cause I certainly treat a lot of people where I'm like, Oh, if just, they could be more consistent, if they could just, um, you know, get a bit more of a habit, but then it can go the other way um, and it can become a bit unhealthy too. So um, easy to see in other people, but harder to see in yourself. And yeah, yeah, I'm still, I still have those days where I, I don't think it gets any easier because I've done it for my whole life running. So when I have those days where I'm like, Oh geez, I didn't really do much um, this week. I kind of like, Oh, because I'm so performance driven and I always mm. have been like just kind of, um, you sort of, you can get hard on yourself a little bit, but then uh, I guess it's, I've found I've just gone, oh, well, like maybe this is a good thing. Um, and, and I definitely feel like I've got a bit more energy, like I was saying. Um, so, mm. uh, yeah, and I see it as a bit of an experiment because you're starting to train a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, and, and I think so many people, there is a fundamental bias, like in the training that you do and everyone just focuses on the physical aspects the sessions you do and thinks that it's like there's this perfect um uh training formula that's going to get you to where you want to get but really i think we need as as runners like we need to be more receptive to the current day the current moment the context um how you're feeling psychologically how your relationships are going how tired you are how well you've eaten and Mm. factor like just a few of those just that feeling of fatigue um, that current fatigue into your decision a little bit more and be a bit more flexible um, because it's the stuff that goes around the training that's important as well. So absolutely. Yeah. It's not all about the training um, all the time. Like in terms of how quickly you'll adapt to the training um, really depends on how well you're sleeping and eating and um, ticking off those things around the training. So I've, I've sort of talked about recently that um, ecosystem Mm. um and 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 i sort of like that word because it's all the other little things around the training that you're ticking off and making sure they're in a reasonable spot and there's always going to be something that's not quite right but if you've got more things stacked in your favor like sleep nutrition um and happiness and Mm. and and all those variables then you're more likely to positively adapt to your training um and and your training ecosystem is going to be adaptive and you're going to get more from your training than the person who doesn't have those things in in their row in it and ducks in a row so um they might be doing the same training but not get the same out of it um so mate there's some absolute gold in there and i think you've articulated it really well because it's um it's an area that yeah it's it's i mean you talked about just having having a, a new addition to the family and those changes as well and uh, the perspective that comes with that but also all athletes have to reckon with um, struggles they have getting out the door, lifestyle, um, you know, impact, um, you know, work and family and all the rest of the things that can, can put pressure on you. And you then have this overarching, like, Oh, well committed to a program. I want to run this time. It's, it's on the program. I need to keep doing it. And I think it almost arcs back to the old, you know, no pain, no gain. And we've got this motivational kind of, out there that's saying you know you've got to grind away and sometimes that grind is is not what you need you need to actually have a break and you need and i think as as coaches and you you know you obviously coaching some uh, a lot of athletes as well it's that that open lines of communication is is really key and and if you can learn as an athlete to read 
the situation and that's a that's a skill that it's just you know it's ongoing you never you never clock it and I, I know myself where there's days where I'm like oh I'm on the edge do I take the day off or do I not like and that's it doesn't get easier like it's just it's a constant challenge as, a, as an athlete and, and then having a coach that you can having someone you can bounce it off whether it's just a training partner or someone and um, yeah it, it's a learning experience definitely yeah I think it, it it's um yeah, de- you definitely have to learn it, like, and experience it, and then you experience what what's what hasn't worked, and then you experience what's worked, and you you learn from that, and and you learn also like um, what kind of person you are as well, and what what works for you, like, because everyone's so different in so many different ways, um, and like if you're someone that's habitually sort of um, uh, yeah, sort of you tick every box, and you you're so you're sort of more like one of those uh, rigid sort of personas and like maybe you're the, you're the kind of person that needs to be reined in a little bit and mm. um, and having someone keeping you on your toes with that and keeping you a bit more conservative um, with how much you're doing um, is, is maybe you're sort of erring on that side. Um, and then, yeah, I've got athletes that are erring on the other side and, and I'm like, oh, nah, you can do this. You can do more than you think um, and you're trying to encourage mm. them to do more. Um, and sometimes they're like, oh, I've got this niggle, got that niggle. And it, there's a niggle every day. And you're like, no, nah, that's okay. That's just a niggle. You certainly get times where it's like, oh, shit, I should have listened to that a bit more because it's like mm. the boy who cried wolf. Um, yeah. So, but that's that's like, you know, you know where you, you vastly sit, like what, what your average uh, response to training is going to become like over time. And there's going to be a few outliers. But, um, yeah, it's just getting to know the person and then, having someone that knows you and then you, you bounce off each other and, uh, and then you learn from experience and, and you're not going to get it right straight away. You fine tune it as you go, but then also the same training that worked last year might not work this year. Um, mm. Just purely because um, that adaptive ecosystem that we're talking about before, you know, is, is probably different this year. Like, um, like for myself, like, you know, got a newborn now um, sleep is so different. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, my perspective on running is very different too. Like suddenly, um, yeah, the, the, the urge to like go and, you know, uh, smash out a race, like it's not there as much because like, I don't know, my perspective's just changed. Like, um, got other things that you're sort of like appreciating a bit more and you, you actually like, it's funny having a kid, you realize how, how selfish you sort of are sometimes when you're chasing a running goal. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like you just change every year, and and so then your training should change, and your decision making should change a little bit. Um, yeah, and it's probably yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Selfish is one way to say, but also just how you yeah you were your life and everything was set up, or you that was the direction you were focused on, and then you just shifted focus. Um, you know, I I I think um, and, and just going back on to what you're saying about different training methods, it's that open-mindedness of like, and I think runners are getting better at it now. I think there's been a lot of literature just around, okay, these are the ways you, you run a marathon. These are the ways you get, get a fast time. But I think people are being a lot more open-minded and trying different things, you know, including cross training more or they're experimenting with lower mileage. They're not just going with the same um, tried and true. Um, but yeah, you've, you've obviously got to have, some method behind the madness but yeah. i think you know um like even what you're doing now i mean you're gonna 
you're going to sort of have a bit of an experimental um, program with, you know, less mileage and a little less um, focus on certain things and, and see where that lands. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it, like a, a topic that's like not talked about enough is just belief. Like yeah. if you believe in something really strongly, like then you're, and you're, you're doing, you're ticking it off each week, your, your belief. And you're like, like it, that's powerful. And sometimes you're training that, <laughs> Um, yeah. and yeah, yeah. like, like it might not be like, it might be a left of field kind of, um, mo- like treatment modality or training, um, uh, thing that you're doing. Um, like it might not be what everyone else is doing, but if you really believe in it, um, sometimes like you, you see those things, you know, really helping someone cause they're just like so confident on the start line. So yeah, as long as you're getting like most of the fundamentals, right sometimes like these little quirks uh, work and they might go against the grain. Um, but for a number of reasons, like I think, um, yeah, I mean, people just mentally psychologically get confident of certain things and there's definitely a placebo kind of effect, mm. for like certain aspects and, and it's real. Like there's actually like a physiological or, you know, biochemical kind of response. Um, if you, if you're like really happy and, and you believe in something, um so it might might not like be the the path most trodden um all the time but yeah i think it's um important topic to to like train someone's belief and happiness and 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 if they're happy doing something then you're more likely to positively adapt um to your training and i don't think that's talked about much like we Mm. just talk about the you know like oh this is a lactic session or this is vo2 max session um yeah so yeah like you said earlier i mean uh, you know the, the the 22 hours outside of the two hours you did the session and you did the workout is is just as important as the workout more, more important you know and there's more that you can actually get from it and control as well so um yeah i guess so getting that ecosystem um in the right place and and it's not always going to be <laughs> stacked in your favor but just finding out the way to to kind of get the balance right Thing is, I mean, like, I just all variables that are that you're sort of um to say like you're nailing your sleep um and you're eating well but um you have a bit of work stress that just that's life life's imperfect so it pops up mm. but because you're nailing you know four or five other things um you're, you're more likely to cope because mm. you're, you're more diverse in terms of um uh all the good stuff you're doing for yourself um and so it just stacks up like you just you're just um, ticking boxes in a number of facets. Um, and then, so then it's okay to like slip up here and there because you're, you're um, yeah, you, yeah, I guess, I guess like, um, and, and, the, and the longer you can do it um, for and be consistent, I guess, um, as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mate. Um, just shifting gears, clearly I know I'm conscious of time, mate. I know you got, you got patients lining up to see you, but um. Just your, I was just thinking, and it probably ties into this topic about um, running injuries. You've been a physio for 13 years. You've seen a lot of runners. Um, are there any trends that you're seeing in the clinic lately in the last few years? What, what is, are they still the same common running injuries? And, and are they changing or why are they still the same? Like, is there any, anything that you can sort of um, give us on that? Yeah, I think they're very similar, Zach. I like running hasn't 
changed much um uh like in that in that time like yeah more more people are doing longer sort of trail trail runs these days i reckon and um we're probably uh since covid getting a lot of new new people to this sport uh because it's so accessible and i've mm. certainly seen a, a heap of covid runners yeah i think we still make the same mistakes though we underappreciate the the rep repetition and the load that running has in it and so we are impatient with our goals um and so we set this goal that's in six weeks time that's a massive goal so we underappreciate how physiologically taxing that that run will be on your body and then you set yourself up to fail because in six weeks you're trying to go from 5k to a marathon i know that's a, a big yeah. example mm. but so like what people got to i think understand more is like when you go to a gym you wouldn't just lift the 400 kilo barbell off the off the ground first up like and, especially not you yeah especially <laughs> not me yeah <laughs> um and and so I, I think, um, yeah, ha having a bit more of a longer term approach uh, where you're exercising a bit more patience and, um, uh, and, and uh, you're micro dosing sort of small changes into your week here and there. I think the changes that um, I see going on are just too big, um, but look, Everyone, you know, there's such a variability in terms of tolerance to training load, um, depending on, you know, past history and so many factors. And uh, so, like, there's not a one size fits all sort of starting base for running. Um, and that sort of ties in well to what we we're talking about before. You kind of got to try a few basic runs, and whether that means you're a little bit sore um, or you felt like you coped well you find your baseline and then once you find your baseline, you can work from there. Um, and then you can start sort of, uh, yeah, I like the word microdosing because it, mm. it makes it, it's very clear on what it means. Like you just sort of slowly introducing small changes, so small that, that you almost trick the body mm. and then the body doesn't even notice that you've um, done five minutes more. Um, yes. There was one runner last year where in 20 weeks, I got him from 60 minutes to 80 minutes for his long run. And it sounds quite particular um, and a bit pedantic, but every week we just increased by one minute. Mm. But the best thing was that it made sense. So then he just stuck at it and as like, he would have got away with doing, you know, yeah. the occasional longer run, but it meant that in 20 weeks, which is the time that I thought it was going to take to get strong enough to, to do 80 minutes. Um, he did 80 minutes for the first time rather than doing 80 minutes in week two. Yeah, um, okay. So like you, you're, um, you're setting up, um, first of all, your goals at the right rate. And so, you know, if it's going to take two years to become a marathon, it's going to take two years. You don't try to do yes. it in six weeks and you might have like a few B, C and D goals that get you there. Um, so, yeah. Um, no, that's, I mean, I, I'm always conscious as a, as a coach when a new athlete says, I want to run a certain time by this date or this, this, this thing. And it's like, well, we, it's very hard to control um, a builder in that that manner, and I think you're already thinking about it. They just got to reshape the way you're thinking about your running because you know we want to get you strong overall and and get structure and and get consistent. And 
that, that those times may be possible, but it's not about that at the moment. It's actually about getting in the structure and getting getting training to be able to handle the training down the track and, and just taking those small steps yep. going forward. Um, and I think maybe there's a bit of an influence of life, uh, yeah, social or um, society of trying to push the barriers, push things through quickly and it just doesn't work in distance running like it's it's not a it's not a like oh, i'm just gonna go out hard for four weeks and get fit and i'll run a marathon like it just it, it just not doesn't the sport doesn't lend itself to that yeah oh definitely like there's just so many injuries in running because of the loads involved so that's why you have to go about it a little bit slower um, and a little mm. bit smarter and if it means that you have to do a little bit more cross training, elliptical, bike, swim um, sessions so that um, the mechanical loads on the legs just aren't there, but you're still getting some aerobic gains, then like you might have to have to do that um, initially. And uh, I'm certainly doing that with a few of my athletes, like um, mm. yeah, two or three um, run days now are just um, swims and, and rides um, with the, with the eye to the future of like in one or two years, like maybe they're running a little bit more um, than that. Um, but it, it's just, yeah, appreciating, especially if you, you know, had like a five year, 10 year gap off running, like just the amount of um, tissue strength that you lose, whether it's bones or even the coordination that you lose, even the chinks in your armor, like, you know, the, the muscle imbalances that you can get. Um, I think that's the other thing as much as, I feel like people undervalue the stuff that goes around training, um, uh, you know, sleep and nutrition. I think people undervalue the skill involved in running and goes mm. like it's deemed as a basic fundamental aspect of life. Like, Oh yeah. Run, jump, swim, throw, like mm. they're just like cardinal kind of skills that like people just gloss over it, over it and think that um, uh, there's no coordination in um not everyone, like some people appreciate yeah. that and some people probably focus on it too much, but mm. um, there's definitely um, a timing um, aspect to running well, like hitting the ground well, timing all the muscle contraction well and, you know, just a, a greater appreciation to a little bit of strength training and running drills, I think, um, is yeah. another little thing that uh, can help um, get rid of those chinks in your armor. Um, like, you know, some people need more calf strength, Like calves are so important in running. Um, they need to, you watch their mechanics and they, they look like they're sort of um, just muscling their way across the ground and not using their tendons mm. um, and not sort of bounce, bouncing along really economically and efficiently. And so obviously there's like high, high injury risk. If you just suddenly like introduce plyometrics really quickly into training but um what i've found is just simple running drills are really neat um because they're low load and you can just become quite consistent like twice a week three lots of 30 meters uh butt kicks high knees um and then even getting someone on the video it send it to your coach and and they might themselves or you know know someone that might sort of be like a bit more like oh yeah i feel like um you know maybe you need to see the balanced runner or maybe you're you know, you know, could see, um, you know, Dane and, and just sort of, uh, yeah, get some advice on, mm. on your movement patterns, because it, especially if you're breaking down with pain in a certain spot all the time, you know, sometimes it's because of weaknesses 
um, and and how you're actually uh, running and your technique. Um, you know, uh, and then we've covered like other aspects of like rushing training and loading up too quick and mm. and probably not appreciating the the rest and recovery strategies and nutrition and sleep that you do around around running enough. So um, they're, they're probably the big things. And then just the, the addictiveness of running and um, yeah. how it sucks you in and you catch the running bug. Mm. And before you know it, like you just, you're just doing more running than you, you, you should and you lose perspective a bit and you make poor decisions, whether it's um, because your time poor or, or you're just trying to fit running in, um, but you start getting emotionally invested in the decision and, and, and lose that ability to think third person about it and logically on whether you should run, you just keep running with a sore foot. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're probably some of the, the big ones that you see um, all the time as a running physio. No, they sound really like overarching, but uh, yeah, you can make them more specific, like, but generally they all fit in those bins generally. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's, that's, that's fantastic to sort of hear you, you unpack that. And, but just before I let you go, if you've got a few minutes left, I just um I just thought about you know the trips you've been on, World Cross, we mentioned Tokyo with the para team, um, the walks. Um some of these, you know, the, these professional as a top end of town athletes, um, you know, you must see them. Obviously, you're you're working closely with them. Is there some things that that us uh, runners coaches uh, is there things some ta- key takeaways and learnings that you probably have seen a- along the journey that you could probably share well, probably yeah yeah like yeah so much like um yeah you probably you could probably talk an hour about yeah, that, the one that stands out because it's fresh on top of mind um was that oman trip mm. and one of the standout juniors because a young team um from australia was declan tingay he mm. unfortunately got like a um, a fourth foul really late in the race and he went from third to to 10th uh but he's a name to watch um not just because he was talented and good on the day and mm. but he just had like and it's really hard to put words to it but you just see it like um he 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 like if i was to try to put words on it like he definitely knew what he had to do like he just knew what worked for him and Obviously, he's been in the sport already. Like he's twenty-four, so he's probably been in the sport for ten plus years. He knew, like, what he had to do. Like, so, and he he just did. He he um sort of had his own routine. Um, he he was really quietly confident, and he had like this belief. Like he just like he backed himself. Um, he was really calm and composed on the start line. Like he he yeah he got nervous, but he's like, Oh, that's, that's expected. Like you, you're supposed to get nervous. Like that's a good thing. So he had this ability to just, um, yeah, I don't know. This was just me just watching like, um, but there was something about him. Uh, he, he knew his sport. Like he just had great knowledge, um, of the sport. He was a fan of the sport. Um, he, so he, he knew the sport, he knew himself, he had confidence and he had great belief um but i think that was all just from experience like he he tried a lot of things so far um and uh and he knows what works for him and what what doesn't he was he's studying exercise science so he's um actually seemed really open to things so it's not like mm. he was closed off and like um 
oh, I only do it one way. He was still open to like trying new things in the future. Like he just moved to Victoria from WA. Um, yeah, I don't know how to explain it better than that because he was a quiet kind of guy, but um, I, I just felt like um, he, he, he didn't sort of get like um, too anxious and nervous. He got the right amount of anxious mm -hmm. and nervous before the event. Um, and I just felt like when I talked to him, he loved the sport and had tried a lot of things. Um, he was at the right stage of his career where um, he, uh, he's starting to blossom and he's starting to believe in himself. Like he got, um, so he, he, his um, uh, reaction to, you know, in, at the 19th K of a 20 K race of, mm. of getting um, two minutes in the sin bin for fouling was so cool. Like, yeah. I like, oh, I was a bit careful with what I said straight after the race because I didn't know how disappointed he'd be. Yeah. He's like, that was a blast. Like, like yeah, well. that was the best race. I, I just loved being out there. Oh, and you could tell he just believed in himself now. Like he mm. um and it's not to say you don't have to be disappointed. Um yeah, yeah. He's been disappointed in the past, um, before, but I just felt like he focused on the right things. Like he's like, Yeah, okay, I didn't get it this time. I'm young. He'd already yes. like uh, reflected on it enough to go oh in the future i know i can do this like, yeah, i just yeah. gotta get it right um like like such a good like, attitude yeah such a good attitude so mm -hmm. i don't know like that was one guy that really stands out um and i don't know if i've articulated it well enough but there was just something about him um because this like, i talk about like um this idea of running iq um mm. a little bit now because like I, I, you just see it in someone when they come in Mm. like they're they're open to listening to you they're open yep. to they're not set in their ways they're open to take what you have to say on board they're open to try it a little bit they're they're very good at going oh, okay but what about this this and this so they try to poke holes in it but then they go oh okay yeah okay I, mm. um so they're trying to find a, a, a truthful answer but they're not emotionally invested, invested. Yeah. they're aware of biases um and potentially like um uh, like where their emotions can sort of um, lead the decision-making rather than just um, it, it, um, seeking the truthful, accurate, right decision at the time. And I just see that so often in running where people let the want to run rather than if you should run, like um, sort of guide the decision-making. And he just had this aspect of, of running IQ. I just felt like, Oh yeah, he, he's going to be all right. Like long-term, like he, He's sort of got a good head on his shoulders um, and he's obviously got the talent to boot as well. Yeah. And I mean, that, that running IQ can, can evolve over time. Like yeah, really as, as, as I think even myself and you included, like we, we, we grew up, we did a lot of marathon training, very similar sort of like um, on a similar page. And that was, we were very subscribed to that method and we bought into it and that's why we had some success you know, our own personal success, but then it takes, yeah, there's at some point, yeah, it's, it's good to be open-minded and, and look outside the square and maybe say, well, yeah, there's other ways to do it and, and actually have a crack at it and not be afraid to, to try something different. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's also a part of that IQ is finding the right 
balance and the right timing to do it because you know you've also got to pick through some things because you, you can't just be chopping you've got to have your principles like you can't just be chopping and changing every every week oh i'll try this training technique and then or this this method and then before you know it i mean that that then brings you backwards so yeah, yeah it's a it's i reckon it's a good topic we can um we can park for another time to go a bit deeper into because um i think um yeah it's, it's always good chatting to you about this stuff dana yeah, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, probably, you know, a bit of stuff to it that you'd want to go over. Um, but it's definitely like having a someone that really knows you and and they know the sport um, that you feel like um, you've got this really good trust um, uh, in and then they're very open-minded too. Um, and, you know, they've just got your best interests at heart. Um, uh yeah, so that you can like, if you've got some information that you're sort of not sure whether it applies to you, you can talk to and um, and then you can sort because there's so much information out there. So it's, yeah. yeah, just great yeah. to like have someone that you feel like knows you, they know the sport or event that you're training for. And uh, you know that they're well-read, open-minded, they're not set in their ways. And you know, you can, you feel like they will be able to uh, think third person about it and not emotionally invested in it. And then you'll reach this nice sort of happy medium decision um, between the two of you. Uh, and you don't get it right all the time. Sometimes you just have to take a stab in, or a lot of the time you have to take a stab in the dark and, yeah. but it's a calculated one. And sometimes it, it, um, it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, you learn from it. Um, and then you're closer to getting it right next time. So yeah, it's just sort of that, uh, clinical reasoning um sort of a scientific mindset mm. yeah. oh i think it's you know as 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 runners and now coaches i think it's it's also the, the the lure of the sport is that there is so many ways to get better at it and there's so many things to explore that it does um you know i liken it to to surfing the per finding the perfect wave or like you know you're searching for it but you know it's not you're never going to actually get it because you, even if you hit that PB, you're still going to want more and yeah. whether you still want to do something else or, yeah, it's like playing around a golf and you hit that, that awesome <laughs> shot on the 17th or 18th and the, you know, this your last shot, you know, and it brings you back again. And that sometimes it happens to running. You go, you have a couple of bad runs in a row, just so they don't come out well. And then the next, that next run, you, everything aligns and the endorphins are popping and, you come away and you're like, oh, I just, I want to, I want to feel that again and again. And it, it doesn't come back straight away, but you know, it's in there. So yeah, it's, it's, it is fun to, um, to keep just, you know, searching for it, I think. And just to know that no one knows all the answers, like everyone's yeah. learning all the time. Like I think some people just think that there's this perfect training, mm. um, but everyone's so different and individual there's so many factors that mash up together to make you um, and uh, like it that just to know that like it, like we so often compare about what other people do um, or just think, yeah, I, I think the idea that like there's no perfect way and there's so many ways to skin a cat is, um, is so important. Like if, if I've learned anything, I've learned a lot, actually the last, probably the most I've ever learned the last two years since I've been a coach um, because I've been more on the ground like rather than just in my room as a physio, I've been a bit more practically involved, like um, from a performance front. And it's just like, just mixing up that. Uh, and then just talking to people on podcasts, like just mm. getting, getting other people's like vantage points and views on things. Like it just expands 
And if you've got an open mindset, like, yeah, it can get confusing because you get so many people like telling you stuff, but it definitely like, you know, like that, that's where we sort of go back to like having that mentor to sort of debrief and, and reflect mm. on, on what's relevant to you. But like, I think that's where you can really sort of get a more, more, um, more thorough sort of more specific sort of training model for you because you're not, you're not just sort of, yeah, great. Tick off the fundamentals, but then gradually, like you, as you get more consistent and you, and if you're really driven and you, you've been at it for years, there comes a time where you've got to mix it up a little bit. And um, if you really want to reach your full potential, um, yeah, try other things here and there. And then you, you, you know, it's not going to be like non-binary and, 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 and just like one, try this thing and then try that thing. Sometimes it's a sprinkle of this sprinkle of that. Mm. And um and it's certainly not like the more things, the better. It's, it's just what suits you. Um, yeah, such a search. Good way, to, uh, good way to round it out there, Dana. Bit of a sprinkle of this and that is uh, much like your cooking, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> sometimes tastes good, sometimes not. <laughs> Definitely very hit or miss. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, been good chatting, mate. And, um, and, and this season of, of Better With Running podcast, you're going to be a, a part of it and uh, jump on and, and chat about these topics throughout the year. So um, thanks for your time. People can follow you on, um, on Run Culture. Um, that's probably the best way to get you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the best yeah. way. Yeah, Instagram, just, um, on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Nice yeah, one, mate. You. Good to catch up and we'll uh, we'll speak soon, mate. Yeah, look after yourself. Um, enjoyed it. See you, mate. See you, buddy.